You are listening to the Sam Radio Football Show podcast. Sure, this is our second podcast episode we've done now. I think our first one went very well from what we've been hearing. I've been looking at the stats, we've been getting listeners from Spotify. We now launch a majority of all the podcast services now. So, hopefully, by the next week or two, we should be on Apple Podcasts, which is the biggest source. But hopefully, we'll be on all podcast services in the near future. Um, join us. We are going to talk about today about the Premier League this week because the games are starting back this week. So Joining us as usual is Douglas, Douglas Horn. Douglas, good to see you. Good to see you, Carl. Um, yeah, the Premier League is back. Obviously, I've done my uh, obviously my Premier League predictions video is now out. Um, but uh, yeah, really, really looking forward to obviously discussing about the Premier League. And um, yeah, just just can't wait for it to return. All right, and joining us again for the second week is the no other than the Man United and his fan Andrew Rogers. How we doing, man? How we doing, boys? We're good, thank you. Yeah, absolutely good. good. Yeah. All right, let's now get on to the Premier League. And yes, the Premier League's back this week. And we will talk about the teams as well. This week, we'll talk about the teams at the top and the bottom. I want to start off first with pretty much with Arsenal. Arsenal's probably more interesting because they had a friendly this past, last week against Brentford. It just didn't, it didn't go well for them. They lost 3-2 to Brentford. <laughs> The def- the, this, the defense is quite worrying at the moment. I have to admit that's been the main concern. It has been it's still concerned there again. And Douglas, I want to start with you. This, you know, I know we know we, we know we talked about where van- home advantage is out of the out of the picture, but with Arsenal's situation, do you think it's going to be hard for them to beat Man City and the rest of the other games? Yeah, um, in all honesty, like I was really, really optimistic about Arsenal's chances at the Etihad, but obviously they've gone completely out the window now. Um, I honestly don't know what went wrong with, with Arsenal, in all honesty. Yes, you can obviously it is only friendly, but this, this is the one thing. Their away form is really, really poor, and um, I actually think that they will probably struggle um, for the uh, the rest of the, the rest of their games. I think I think they've got Man City. I think they've got Brighton yeah. uh, this coming week. I mean, in all honesty, I th- I think everyone would probably expect Arsenal to probably lose both of those games. They've never won at the Amex, so they've got a really poor record against Brighton, and they've got a really poor record against Manchester City as well. I think Man City have won the last seven meetings. In all competitions with uh, with Arsenal, so, um, but but Arsenal just from top to bottom, like um, defensively, they're an absolute shambles. Leno has kept them in so many games this season; it's, it's, it's unreal. Midfield, I mean, they've got a good midfield. It's not a great midfield, and obviously attack. I mean, look, there's loads of uh, you know rumors about obviously Lacazette and Aubameyang. It's going to be very, very interesting. So I, I would be very worried as an Arsenal fan um, if, uh, if, uh, if, if, if the, if the season does continue and the way that they've been playing um, recently as well, and obviously before the, the obviously the virus kicked in, they weren't great either. So if I was an Arsenal fan, I would be really, really concerned about what what could what, what could happen. Speaking about Arsenal here, and and I'll come to you and do Arsenal. I do. Arsenal's form, the last five games, with two draws and three wins in the Premier League. But if you look at the goal, the, the goal difference, it's a goal difference of four. They've, they've conceded 36 compared to the score of 40 goals. Is that a big, big worry when you have someone like David Luiz, his future, well, we know he's going to go. And they realise that they don't have a lot of money to spend this summer. How does Arsenal go forward with this, especially now, after losing that friendly, thinking... We, we're not ready. The defence is saying, we're not ready for this. We're not ready for this. Arsenal have been like this for years, though. Their defence have been a shambles. 
Um, I wouldn't look too much into the Brent the Brentford game. Um, it's a friendly. It's, it wasn't about getting a result. It was about getting fitness. Yeah, it's great winning the friendlies, but in relation to f- what's going to happen on Friday, it really means nothing. Um, it's about Mark. Match sharpness. Um, I don't fancy them going to the Etihad. Um, as I said last week, I think they're going to get an absolute doing. Absolutely. Uh, I think they're going to get an absolute doing. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. It, not, yeah. They've not got a lot of money anyway. No. Uh, um, and that's they don't recruit well. They don't no. recruit well. Um, every, I mean, it's been going a bit rife on Twitter about this William Saliba. He's playing in the French League. Yeah. What strikers is he actually playing against? He's playing against what? Minus the PSG lot, he's playing against Moussa Dembele. Yeah, exactly. yeah. He's playing against what? Moussa Dembele, who's been linked to Man United, and Memphis Depay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But anyone can be ripped apart by PSG. Um... And if Moussa Dembele's on his game, he's, he is going to have a good game against you. But he's not playing against top, top position, top opposition in the French league. What's he going to do when he comes over here and he's getting, you know, Aguero, Rashford, Salah, Firmino? Um, I need to help you. You know, Arsenal don't just need one player. They need. I still think they need four or five players to complete that team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And do you know I'm going to ask also, also about the future of Aubameyang Douglas? Douglas, Aubameyang, Aubameyang has said, you know, this decision to have signed a new deal with Arsenal is the most important of his career. He's now turned 30 now. He is now, his contract runs up next June. When they go with him, because, you know, he's now considering his peak years, do you think he will sign another deal? Especially with Arsenal's wage might be, wage might be limited over the other situations. Where does Arsenal go from here with Aubameyang? Will he think, does he have to go or does he think Laxet will go instead of him? I th- I actually think Arsenal are in a position where they're going to probably lose both of those strikers. I I think that Aubameyang will leave Arsenal. Um, apparently he's worth, I read somewhere that he, if he doesn't sign a new contract for Arsenal, apparently he's worth he could be available for as much as twenty million pounds. I mean, for the money that Arsenal, that's a bargain, isn't it? It's, it is. It's yeah. a, it is an absolute bargain, and especially the money that Arsenal paid for him was what 60, 60 million quid. I think sixty it million, roughly about fifty. Yeah, 55, 60 50, million, yeah. 56 million, I think it was. Yeah. See, yeah. the thing is, Dugger, Um Sorry to cut in on you. You know who use um, he's maybe going for. Um, Werner, if you can get Aubameyang for sort of twenty odd million, would you take that? As a, as a, an alternative, yeah, absolutely. You know, Klopp's well, Klopp's had Aubameyang before, um, and I think they, they've I, got a great relationship. Yeah, I would, I would definitely, I would tef- definitely take Aubameyang, and he's he's another uh, he's another uh, you know other option to obviously you know maybe start games or you know obviously come off the bench. He's better than Origi. Um but yeah, I've, he's got a bit. Honestly, I think is he Ar- a better goal? Is he a better goal scorer than Firmino? Um, well, looking I, at Bamian, looking at Bamian's records, he's joined us. He scored sixty-one goals in ninety-seven pitches he joined two years ago from Borussia Dortmund. So that is, if you compare that with Firmino, I think Firmino's got a better record actually. So yeah. I mean, I, in the last few years, I, probably, yeah. I think Arsenal are in a lot of trouble trouble this season if they, if they, if they go on and lose Lacazette and Aubameyang. Lacazette, I know he blows hot and cold sometimes, but he's a very, very good striker. And, you know, I think I think he is wanting to move on. I think Aubameyang... I mean, look, I think I think if Aubameyang does move on, then, you know, Arsenal are in for a, a, a big, big summer, I think. And, unfortunately... It's looking like they're not going to get a lot of money to spend. Apparently, I've I've been reading um, things like Kroenke is not going to give them money to spend. That's so you know, I think I think it's more about sort of sell to buy now for uh, for Arsenal. And they could be forced to sell Lacazette and Aubameyang, and that would be a massive blow to them. Mm. What does that leave in Ketia? In Ketia, Martinelli. 
they had another two recognized strikers. You get that is good. That might be left there, and it would be disappointing. You know, look, Martinez is a very good striker. He's he's still raw. He's still young. Nketiah. Yeah, I could we could play them at least a lot more often, but he's got a bright future. But you need an experienced striker who's in their peak. And if you lose two key players like Abamia and like I said, that's gonna cause mayhem at the Emirates thinking, where who are we gonna get? You know, and that's another issue for Arsenal. How are they gonna go forward as well? So it's just gonna start all the protest again, isn't it? It, it DT's sounds like getting his, that, DT's getting his banner back out. Yeah, it sounds like the yeah. protest is going to start low again. And it's <laughs> a, 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 a massacre again with the fan with Stan Kroenke not doing what he's supposed to do. So it's interesting with that one. And yeah, we'll talk more about that. And let's go to the other teams as well, especially for the top four, actually. And we'll start from Manchester United. Andrew, this is probably the most critical point for your team to try to finish in the top four. We know you've, had, you've been in very good form since Bruno Fernandes came in, started to control that midfield as it needed to be. Looking up there, you've extended Gallo's deal until January 2021. And hopefully, you know, you got remaining games, you got top, you got Tottenham, Sheffield United and Brighton. Those top teams, you got to play two out of the, two out of the six top teams. How yeah. important is that for the Red Devils to, to capitalise and try to get that top, top ball? Well, a lot of people are thinking, oh, you know, um, Mourinho, it'll be a bit, it'll be quite an easy game. Um, there's, I don't think there's anyone worse to give time to prepare a game to than Jose Mourinho. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, th- I do think we'll win. I think, I think we've got a better, I think we have got a bit better overall 11 now than Tottenham. Um, depends how Tottenham come back, how. How do they restart um, with Kane being back? Yeah, and Son um, as well. We know that uh, Delhi Ali has been suspended for one game. For ridiculous. The... Yeah, and that's we will come to that later. I do agree with ridiculous. But having get but for Tottenham get Kane back and Son back, and hopefully the players who, who were injured are back into full fitness. How do you capitalize on that? Because you know Kane still might be roasted and Son as well. Especially they were both they were the two long term injuries were supposed to be out for the rest of the season. Well. Son's been on uh, military duty, hasn't he? So yeah. he's going to be nowhere near it um, when it comes to football fitness. Um, I, th- I think um, playing at Tottenham's ground, it being empty as well, um, I think we have got a bit of an advantage going in. Um, no, I, I, th- I think we will beat Tottenham on is it Friday night. Friday night, yeah. Friday, Friday 19th, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think I think we can. I kind of hope we can pick up where we left off. Yeah. Um, I'm not expecting miracles, uh, but I do. You know what? I expect us to beat Tottenham. I don't. I still don't think of Tottenham as, you know, how their fans think of them. Yeah. Big club. I still think it's that old Ferguson. You know, it's only Tottenham. Yeah, I'd yeah. I, I still think Tottenham's Tottenham. Absolutely, uh, Douglas. With Man United, have got to play three of the top six, top four, six teams, especially Sheffield United, as well as Tottenham, and also Leicester in the last game of the season. How important is this for that for Oli to keep that form going? They've been on unbeaten in eleven in eleven games in all competitions. How do they keep that momentum going? You can't. It's broken. I totally agree. Totally agree. Manchester United are, are the form team going into this this uh, you know this period of games. Um, I actually think looking at Manchester United's sort of running, I think they've got the easiest running of the uh, of the top six. In all honesty, yes, obviously you could tell. Obviously the Spurs game, um, Sheffield United, um, and obviously Leicester away. They're they're the only um, hard ones for me. Um, so on paper, it looks like Manchester United look like they've got a better you know running. Like than than Chelsea do because obviously they've still got to play Manchester City they've still got to go to Anfield, um as well. But you know he's going to Manchester... do us a favour, Douglas. Yeah, he's going to do us a favour and you know swat away the the PE teacher for us. 
Oh, I hope I hope so. I hope so. No, honestly, like I actually think um Manchester United have got a better run in than Chelsea do. And I would not be too surprised if United take advantage. And to be honest, um looking at the game, the previous game that Manchester United had, obviously the Manchester Derby, they were absolutely magnificent in the whole game. Um and I think it would be very, very unfair to obviously, like obviously, there's obviously loads of talk about Paul Pogba coming back in. Will he start? That's that's another question you've got to ask yourself. Um, but for me, if if I was Ole, then I would probably keep McTominay in because I thought McTominay was absolutely magnificent in the Manchester derby, and obviously he only played twenty. He only played fifteen minutes. I know, but that that kind of uh, that kind of impact from uh, from the bench can. You know, determine whether you know you, you start a game, but I have to say, Tommy was very very good in that game. Uh, Manchester United thoroughly deserved to be Manchester City. So yeah, United unbeaten in eleven league games. Um, I fancy them against Tottenham. I really really do. I think they obviously Rashford back, Martial back. They're going to be very very um, strong. Obviously, Tottenham have got Kane back. Obviously, they've got Bergvine coming back. They've got Song coming back. Yes, is Deli Ali much of a miss? I mean, no. I think I think that there are better midfielders in that Spurs team. But just looking at form wise, I just think Manchester United are the form team going in there, and I I think United will beat Spurs on Friday. All right, okay, that is fair. That is a good opinion from yourself, Douglas. Uh, we'll go to we're gonna go to Christopher United shortly, but we're gonna go to Wolves. These. These two teams have been surprising this season. I think they've really been, you got to give them credit how Wolves are dealing with the European League, you know, experience traveling around Europe, you know, playing, you know, rotating. And it's been working well because Ryan Hillman is, is their top scorer. The last game was a draw against Brighton at home. Um, they could do a back to back top seven finishers. But Douglas, how important is this for Wolves then that then they're still kind of in that, that position to try to qualify for the Champions League, even though they got Europa League? games they have to consider as well. Wolves have been magnificent. Sheffield United have been magnificent. I mean, both of them them teams are uh, level on points with 43. You know, they are, they are sort of six points behind, um, you know, Chelsea. Um, it's going to be very, very interesting. Um, you know, if they can keep it up, then, you know, they are outside chance of, uh, of top four. But looking at their... Um, look, I mean... I mean, look, looking at the, I think their focus will definitely be on the Europa League. Whether or not that gets obviously played again is another matter. But um, I don't know. Wolves, I know they drew one with Brighton, but their form recently has been very, very patchy, I would say. Um, they yeah. draw way too many games, and I think that's what's really, really uh, affected them. But you I've know, done them for the top four, haven't I? Yeah. I, I think I think too many draws have done it for 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 me. So look look, I think Wolves have been absolutely magnificent, and as as I've said, Sheffield United have been magnificent as well. If them two can pick up their form, like where they left off, uh, before obviously all this madness happened, then it's going to make the top four race very very interesting, and they'll just have to hope that Chelsea. You know Chelsea, even Leicester City. I would even argue, like they would, they would hope that them to, uh, you know, slip up and obviously you know drop points. So it's a very, very interesting period coming up for uh, for Wolves and uh, and Sheffield United. And the fact is, the Wolves actually go to Chelsea in the last day of the season as well. So really? that could be massive. Yeah, absolutely massive with that one, and it is going to be interesting. Key stat from from Wolves: they've been unbeaten in the last five games. They've drawn three, one, two, but they've kept a clean sheet of four of those matches, which is very surprising because not a lot of teams can keep four clean sheets. Well, maybe one or two big teams, but for an average team like Wolves, team like Wolves, who's kind of the mid tier top, to keep that kind of clean sheets of those four of those five games, it's kind of interesting where they're going, Andrew. Because especially you're right, they have to play Chelsea away from home but they but the thing is with them they they kicked off back in mid July last year the start of the Europa League campaign. Do you think those players are gonna be so well even though they've had a good break for three months, how do they get back into that that picture thinking we, we started way before our our competitive season, way back in July before any of these teams. Where do they realise the need to do to kick on from there? I think they're they're another team that's great happened brilliantly for um, I mean, you look at some of their players. I think the 
the sums greater than the parts were wolves. The holes greater than the parts, if you see what I mean. Um, yeah. Obviously, they've got a, they've got a brilliant midfield. I love watching Neves and Moutinho. Um, Jimenez has been brilliant. Um, I think the breaks came at a great time. They started last July. We're now in June, so you know they've nearly been. They've pro- they probably never came out of pre-season last year. So yeah, you know they've just had a three-month break. Recover from injuries. I mean, if you've seen the, did you see clips of Adama Traore? People try to get the ball off him in training. It yeah. was just, oh, the guy's a beast. He's just hitting people out the road. It's like he's a, you know, like he's ready. He's ready if, for again. Yeah, exactly. If he was a, a super heavyweight sort of the UFC, you would be surprised. If you know what I mean, the size of him. He no, just barges people no, out the road. Oh yeah, absolutely. I thought, I thought, no doubt. You know what? If if they can pick up form, I mean, four clean sheets in the last five in the Premier League's something special. Mm, um, yeah. I don't know the actual stats, but they won't be far off Man United in the top clean sheets in the league. Probably they would be in some sort of way, but the Wolves don't concede a lot no, of goals, not. mainly at home in a way. So that is not surprising how they kept that clean it's playing sheet. That, in the it's playing that 3-5-2 or 3-4-3 the way they play it. And they're yeah. solid. They've got technical footballers. And when you've got sort of a target man who can do everything in him and his, you've got an outball, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I love what I really do. I love watching those. I love watching right back in the championship when you know the influx of the um the George Mendes signings coming in were brilliant. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll go on to Sheffield United. This is another team that's been fantastic. This this were matter stories after three years ago, they were in League One, yeah. you know, after all the stuff that they've been through. And they got promoted last season after finishing second in, in the late surge, overcoming Leeds. They had a very good start, beating Arsenal at home, drawing Man United at, at home as well. They've got some a bit of tough games for them because they also got to go to not just Man United and Tottenham, but also to Wolves and Chelsea as well as Leicester. Uh, but this was some fantastic signings for for Sheffield United, Douglas. Um, Chris Wilder is paid. He's paid it off. The local boy, you know, he's paid it off. And people are saying in the next few years, should he even get a top four job no. if he continues his what he does? Yeah, I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, he's obviously had one season in the Premier League, and, and to be honest, he's done absolutely magnificently. But yeah, you're right. The fixture list. I mean, they've got three away games in a row: at Aston Villa, Newcastle, and Manchester United. Um, and the other the other away games are quite tough. I mean, no one likes going to Turf Moor. You know, they're at Burnley, they're at Leicester, um, and they're at Southampton on the final day of the season. Their home games are where I think it's going to be very, very interesting. Tottenham at home, Wolves at home, Chelsea at home, Everton at home. You know, so if they can get some points out of them lot, um, then it's going to be very, very intriguing to see what, uh, what happens. But no, Sheffield United have been an absolute breath of fresh air. I think from my memory that their away form, they've only lost at Liverpool and Manchester City. That's right. They had only two of the games lost. So they've been absolutely magnificent in that, in that aspect. And I love watching them play as well. I love watching Baldock. I love watching Ender Stevens. Dean Henderson, for me, has been goalkeeper of the season. I don't care what people are going to say, like obviously about Nick Pope, etc. I think Dean Henderson. Burnley have been awful. What's that? Burnley have been awful this season. I don't know why people are talking about Nick Pope for goalkeeper of the season. It's by a mile, it's Henderson. Henderson yeah, and do you know what? There was, and do you know there was a debate even before the Euros. Who's going to be number one, Pope or Henderson? I was going to choose. I probably would have chose Henderson over Pope. Actually, so, well, it's, well any, any anyone's better than uh, he's only got little arms, Pickford. Um, so, so uh, yeah, I, have, I had 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 to say that. But uh, no, I have to say, from Sheffield United, have been a breath of fresh air to watch. Um, I don't think they're going to get top four, unfortunately, as much as I would like to see it, but. I tell you what, if they get top six this season, what a successful season it's been for Sheffield United. And 
is is whether or not they can continue that next season. I wonder if the break came to uh, came at the wrong time for Sheffield United because they were in fantastic form going in. Yeah, they won three, drawn one, and lost one. So, and the last game they beat Norwich one nil. Yeah. So before the lockdown, so it's good to see the a British contingent in that team as well. Mm. Um, oh yeah, you know, David McGoldrick, Baldock, Stevens, yeah. John Fleck, Norwood. You know, I love their back three as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. O'Connell, um, you know, Lundstrom. Yeah. I mean, he didn't even make it at Everton. I know, and that's the surprising thing. Because do you know what? I thought cause he was he was always gifted, and I didn't know why Everton never took took the risk and said, do you know what? He might be a good player, and you know. And now look away here, eyes blossom at Bramall Lane, and he's a cult fit, a cult figure at Bramall Lane, one of the cult favors at Bramall Lane, you know. And surprised how Everton just let him go for Lisa, not even you know thinking, oh, he's not capable. But if when you get when you get players like that who got released from top clubs. They want to prove Norwood's to another them. one. The form comes, mm. yeah, and even over and over that Manchester United, yeah, exactly. For him, when he went to Huddersfield so far, look where how they blossom. Now they are, you know, fighting in that top six. They think they would do something against the, either their former clubs or. Was he so, get three, he got yeah. three back to back promotions, didn't he? Norwood, Huddersfield, he did. yeah, Fulham, and then Sheffield United, and Sheffield United, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. He's a he's a talented, talented boy. Oh, yeah, he's, he's very tired. He's really tired to the D. Uh, let's go to the bottom of the table, and this is where we're going to start. Because I was looking how this the table is. It's so kind of close between Brighton down to at least Aston Villa. We're going to start off with probably Bournemouth first. And, Andrew, how, how critical is for Eddie Howe he has to save Bournemouth from the relegation zone? He's They've literally got to hit it going. Um I think me and Douglas said in the last one we think they're down. Um, yeah, I know they're they're just outside the bottom three if I'm right, but I just their running's yeah. horrible. Um, their running's really horrible. Um, oh, it's horrible. They've not Chris Pass at home. They've yeah. not got the home Wolves. advantage. Um, yeah, the raucous crowd. Um, you know they could be. They could be a team the Brakes came at a great time for, regroup, um, you know, get yeah. away from, you know, not saying it's going stale for Eddie Howe at Bournemouth, but, you know, get away from everything, refresh the energy batteries. Yeah. It, it, look at look at the situation. The, happened during lockdown, the top goalkeeper, I got well, positive, got tested positive for, for the virus. You know, it, it, seems, it seems a long time ago that in September, on the end of September, by the end of September, Bournemouth were third uh-huh. in the Premier League, and it's and it's gone really that bad here. Like I said, they got really tough games going. Not just Crystal Palace, but like Wolves, Newcastle, Manchester United, Tottenham, Leicester, Man City, Southampton, and the last games away at Everton. That is a tough running for them, and it's especially looking at so Callum Wilson has been injury prone. He's always got eight goals this season, and it's just you know after you know Callum Wilson. Had a game of run of games of fifteen games without scoring a goal, and he's gone in his his last six. The thing yeah. is, with Bournemouth, they always seem to get a horrible run of injuries. I remember the first year it was um, Max Gradle, Callum Wilson, and Josh King. Yeah. Um, last season was the same thing. Um, start... now David Brooks is out. Yeah, which that was that was a big. Lost for it, for that for the team when David yeah. Brooks got injured. That was and they've not got one. a lot of money to play with there. Um, no. So did they recruit in January? They kind of did in some ways. I don't think they did it like a lot of business. So no, not in the, not in a big turning pot like they usually do if they needed to. And they've got good young players there, but they they just need to hit the ground running. They. You know, three points in their first game is an absolute must um, just to get that belief again. Yeah, it's critical. Douglas, how critical is it for Eddie Howe? Do you think he will be, he might leave Bournemouth no. coming into the season if they do get relegated? 
It's hard to say, isn't it? It's, it's really, really hard to say. Their running is absolutely nightmare. I mean, pass at home, that's a must win. Must win to begin with. Wolves away, I don't expect them to get anything from Wolves. Newcastle, they've got a decent record against Newcastle. I would expect them to be Newcastle. They're not getting anything from Old Trafford. Um, Spurs at home. <laughs> it's lovely you saying that, Douglas. <laughs> Spurs at home. I mean, they beat them there last season. Obviously, everyone remembers, obviously, Son and you know, Fife getting sent off in, in that game. And it was a late Aki oh, yeah. winner to, uh, to get that, that game uh, won. Uh, Leicester at home. I mean, whatever Leicester turns up, it'd be interesting. Um, Man City away. I don't think they're getting anything from the Etihad, unfortunately. And then a, bu- a big derby game against Southampton, which is massive. Absolutely massive. That's the second last game of the season in Everton away. Um, I hate to yeah. say it, but if they don't win against Pass, I think they're gone. Because I just don't see them getting many wins from that that last um, that last nine. To be honest, I really don't. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So both was the only Premier League team that did not make a signing a lot in January. So you're right. This is kind of come a bit of a bit of a critical time when they did they make no key signing in January because they thought Josh King was going to leave. There was rumours that he was going to go man new. It never happened and stuff. That is going to be having a bound effect because of the time. I know they extended Harry Wilson's loan deal for Liverpool until the end of the season now, when the season's over in July. But this is critical for Bob to, to try and pick something up. And I just, you're right, I don't see nothing that's going to happen. It is very critical, actually. It is kind of worrying. It really Do you know is. what I would have so, done if I was there? Yeah. Um, this, this is a bit left field, but if Jermaine Defoe hadn't done a pre-contract at Rangers, I would have brought him back. Um, yeah. Yes. Because, you know, look at the teams he's been at in the Premier League, fighting down there, your West Ham's, Sunderland's, Portsmouth, Portsmouth. you know, they've not got a lot of experience. And Jermaine Defoe's, I know he's 38, and I don't think he's been that great up here, but the boy scores goals, goals, put him in the box and put balls in the box, he's going to find a way to score. Yeah, I, and that's what I agree as well. Uh, the next team I'm going to go to is Aston Villa. And the last result, losing 4 to Leicester just before the lockdown. That was the last official game before the lockdown. You know, from what, what's happened during the lockdown, the whole club had to defer 25% of their salaries for four months because of the ease of eligible. This is a critical time for, for, the, for the Aston Villa because... Their future's hanging on the balance because they could lose a lot of key players come the summer if they go down. And Andrew, go to you. How much is this important for Aston Villa to try to stay up and try to keep the key players? Because they spent a lot of money in both the summer and the January transfer windows. Yes, yeah, we're spending a lot of money. Um, they're going to need to stay up to just keep those players and keep the likes of McGinn and Grealish. Um, because if they go down, I think I think they'll get picked apart. Some of their players, um, El Ghazi, yeah. Trezeguet, um, I mean Grealish, Wait, Grealish, McGinn. Yeah. They're gonna. They could easily get picked off. Um, yeah, and that'd be a worry if they went straight back down. Um, is Dean Smith really mm-hmm. doing that much a good job? Of a lot of, I've seen on some of the Villa pages. I follow them on Twitter. A lot of them are a bit iffy about them because of the brand of football and they don't defend very well. Coming to the old defence here and Douglas, they've had struggled for clean sheets, but you know, and they've got five of the remaining ten games against top seven clubs, and this they sound like Jack Goodish, but they need that defence a lot more. Yeah, I mean, it? they've they've conceded the most goals in the Premier League. I think it's I think it's fifty eight goals that they've conceded in the. The Premier League, I mean, that's that's way too much at this at this stage in the season. Um, yeah. Looking at their fixtures, I mean, they've got back-to-back home games against Sheffield United and Chelsea. Um, you know, they'll look at the Sheffield United game thinking that we could get something from them. Chelsea, Chelsea home, I know Chelsea won the last five fixtures uh, between the sides, but I mean, that's, that's going to be a really, really difficult one. Um, but I'm looking at their last game of the season, West Ham away. That could be a game that could decide which which of those two stay up. Um, that is absolutely massive. I mean, they've got Liverpool and Manchester United back-to-back as well. They've got to go to Anfield and they've got United at Villa Park uh, as well. So, 
actually, actually, I'll rephrase that. They've got Wolves at home, Derby, uh, Liverpool away, and then Man United at home. So those three games in the middle will will be very, very tricky. Um, but I think they'll be boosted by the return of John McGinn because I think John McGinn, before he got injured, he was absolutely fantastic for, you know, Aston Villa. And they've been missing that that sort of playmaker in sort of midfield. Someone who can just win the, win the ball, win the ball, sort of get the odd goal as well. Because obviously, McGinn's impact for Aston Villa this season, obviously he scored at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium the very first day of the season. He obviously got the goal that obviously got Villa back up to, into the uh, the Premier League. And just ever since then, you know, I think Villa's form is really, really determined on that midfield. And I think miss, I think McGinn has been a big, big miss in there. Wesley, I mean, Wesley's been, beat has been a miss. But this is this is going to be a big chance for like you know the likes of Samata, who's obviously like all, very, very new to the, the the Premier League. So yeah, look, look, I think. I I predicted Aston Villa to be seventeenth. I think they will just stay up because of the boost of John McGinn. That's 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 I'm basing that. Um, but Aston Villa just need to stop conceding goals, and that that is where they're going to go down. Is that they've conceded way too many goals, um, so they need to stop yeah. conceding goals. Do you not think, Douglas, um, uh, Uncle? Uh, do you not think they could have had a bit more Premier League proven? Yeah, um, you know, yes, Wesley is it Belgian league he came from? Samata, yeah, he came from, uh, the same. Um, yeah. I mean, I know they've done they've done well with Benteke bringing him over, um, but you know, these players haven't played in. I mean, the Premier League's a physical league, defenders really aren't scared of you know, better than dark parts, yeah, exactly. And the, the only most experienced Premier League. Play on the Aston Villa team is Pepe Reina, who's been here for all, who played at Liverpool for such a long time, you know. So that's the only big experience they have. Over the time, Mings and Grealish have played in the Premier League, you know, but the, most of the team is so new, fresh and new. Mm-hmm. So how can you know? It's interesting with that one. It really is, and it's it's how they they're gonna have, they're gonna respond to this when it starts back this weekend. Um, we're gonna go to the two last few other teams before we get to the end of the show. We'll talk about West Ham, and this is the the, the stat you, you're not going to hear. West Ham have lost more points, 22 from winning positions, than any other side in the Premier League this season. That's, that's great. 22 points. And Douglas, this is the worst time if the West Ham fan. You, you start, when they score a goal, they just get scared and, and tightened and just don't, don't you know, no, attack them all. This is what West Ham has spent so much money the last few weeks. Seasons, one of the non-top six, seven teams have spent a lot of money, and they really have really not not paid back in in value. And you know, for the for the fans, you know, especially with the Olympic Stadium, that is the London Stadium now. Actually, how critical is it for the owners? Because Gold Sullivan and Brady, I kind of worry about the future because I know there's been a lot of fans said they want them to go. I mean, in all honesty, for me, West Ham are gone. The reason is, I just, I'm looking at their fixtures here, right? Wolves at home, I don't see them getting anything from there. Spurs away, don't see them getting anything from Spurs. Chelsea, Chelsea I think have got a better away record than home record this season. Don't see them getting anything from Chelsea. Newcastle away, I would fancy Newcastle any day of the week at St James's Park against uh, against West Ham. And West Ham got a really poor record against Newcastle as well. Um, Burnley at home, we, we've seen that Burnley can go to places and, you know, Make tear problem. teams apart. Yeah, um, Norwich away. Would you expect Norwich to... Uh, would you expect West Ham to get anything from Norwich? That's a 50-50. 50-50, isn't it? It's a 50-50 one. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be... their final two games are Man United away and Aston Villa at home. So, I mean... I, They're not getting anything out of Man United. Think no, they're not. No, definitely not. I think West Ham could be gone, and it might come on to the game against Aston Villa to decide who stays up. I, th- I, I think it's going to go down to the uh, final game yeah. of the season. Uh, absolutely, uh, Andrew. What is the future for for the for the ownership club with David Gore and David Sullivan? Their future is hanging in the balance in some sort of way. It's ways. been that way since they went to the London Stadium, hasn't it? Um, 
we don't remember the yeah. like, boycotts and the protesting. I mean, it's been the hot the hot word recently about protesting, but um, those fans aren't happy with Golden Sullivan. And the problem is, they're buying players and managers don't even want. I mean, Pellegrini. Yeah. I mean, you look at the signings they've made. Haller, um, Formal. Lippe Anderson. Anderson, yeah. um, Lanzini. You know, these players are all... You know what? Can't judge them on the Wilshire signing because he's not even... No. Wilshire. You know what? Wilshire on his day is a great player. He's not a player for bottom, bottom of the league, though. Um, no, he's not. They're just their signings all over the place. How do they fit West Ham and what West Ham stand for? You know, when you think about West Ham, you think hard team to play, can play football when they get the chance. Yeah, which is the West Ham way. Which I mean, they're, about. they're yeah. as far removed from the West Ham way as you could want. I think. Yeah. I think yeah. I, I don't think David Moyes. Um, as a West Ham manager, yeah, that is something is is, is being more debate with fans and the fans of the job. He's not a West Ham manager, and that is a a very good point with that one because his brand of football it does not fit the no. West, what West Ham. Wants. I mean, his first his first spell was great because he got the best out of Marko Arnautovic. Yeah, um, yeah. That is just what, and the way he's now he's now in China with the way he how he disrupted the club because he could you know he was you wonder why he wasn't thinking to himself is that mm. well I think I think I think I, I know why because what he wasn't happy how the club was going and he was like no I'm not happy you know I, you know the way it was and I think for him in more some sort of way I think since that Anatovich saga. I think that's what's cost West Ham the last two years. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. I totally agree. And you you wonder if they do go down, whether or not the owners will actually stay there. And I I think that if they go down, I think they'll get fresh investment from somewhere. Where do you get for, the problem yeah, is Douglas? Right? Do they well. go down. No one's got a you know a pot. You know. Millionaires aren't want to spend money on football clubs. It's a no. They might be stuck in a yeah. you know no. They could be stuck in a bit of trouble if they go down because they have got some very high earners. Is there any relegation clauses in the contracts? No, no. no I mean I, the likes no. of Haller, Fornals. Nope, they have no. From what I've been hearing, the majority of that squad don't have any clauses, no clauses yeah. at all. So it's going to be what they're going to need to fire sale their players. In some way, in more ways, yes, they will have to because they can, they're not the cat. The cat compete. They will never have to raise. They're going to go for raise the foes. The player's going to leave anyway, and that's going to be another interesting thing. So, yeah. It is going to be interesting what happens in the next couple of weeks to West Ham. Maybe it's just me. I think it's a shame to see West Ham like this. Yeah. Um, They're they're a really, really... They're a great club. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the fans deserve better in general. Massively. Massively. Can I just just say, I'll hold my hands up here. I had West Ham to finish top half of the table. But you would have the signings. You did. So I remember you would have, have the one. signings. Yeah. Ha- yeah, you would. It's true. We, but I think it was you know. too many flash players. Yeah. I mean, the went. I mean, that's the. Who was it? Who lost their three strikers. Who was Rebic in that? App? Eintracht Frankfurt. Yeah, they lost Rebic, Jovic, yeah. and Haller this season. And they've really performed, and all those have not done well this season, which has been a bit of a surprise. How they come from a team like Frankfurt that really played well in that yeah. Europa League campaign last season, and it's now gone. Yeah, so it's really interesting that one. Very, very interesting. Right, we are going to go on to Brighton shortly, but we're going to go on to Watford and looking at Watford form, and they and they got some critical games that they do need to win and. <laughs> yeah, well, they got Nigel Pearson who's come in 
who's come in at a critical time because he came in the, in, in December. They had a spark up term result by, you know, even though they, had, they were winning, they won three and they get to the pool. But their form has been a bit patched because they only have won one game yeah. out of the last five. I, I think Watford will be fine. Reason, Nigel Pearson. Nigel Pearson's been here. He's He's got, he got Leicester out of it. I'm pretty sure he'll get Watford out of it. Um, you know, I think I don't think Daniel Farker has been in this position. Um, and look at looking looking at the teams. Eddie Howe hasn't been in this position. I no, he's David got Moyes. Out, but, yeah. yeah. Um, and like Graham Potter, yeah. I don't think he's been in this. So I think I think Watford are the most likely of teams to stay up. They've got the squad as well. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, look they, they've yeah. got Sar, they've got Dini, they've got Delafeo, they've got obviously Will Hughes, they've got uh, Kapui, they, you know, they've got um, the Kure, yeah, yeah, Ben Foster, Bacore, yeah. yeah, they've got a really good, a good team there, and I think, I think Watford will, uh, will step. Looking at the fixtures, I mean, you know, they've got Leicester away, uh, sorry, Leicester at home at the weekend. They've got, and then they've got their away to Burnley. Their home format, their home games are going to be very interesting. I think they've got Leicester, Southampton, Norwich, Newcastle, Man Manchester City at home, and their away games are Burnley, Chelsea, West Ham, and Arsenal. So, I think if they can get points on the board, um, I mean Norwich away from away form is absolutely useless. So I think I think they'll I think they'll beat I think they'll beat Norwich. I think they've got a decent record against Newcastle. I can see them beating Newcastle. Well, um, they yep. should have hammered Newcastle. Was it 2018? Remember Newcastle got their first win of the season. Oh yeah, I was there. Yeah, I, I was there behind the goal when Watford. They were destroying them. I don't know how many chances mm-hmm. Watford need. I know this was two years ago. Oh my God! That was in the Newcastle end, and oh my God, how many yeah. chances? You know, they were playing a great brand of football at the time as well. Um, yeah. But oh, yeah. I think they're, they're another team that you just, you know, when the going gets tough, you know, Troy Deeney's going to go around that, like, you ready? Are you ready? You know, Graham Stack's back at that club as well. Um, yeah. Have a legend. legend. Um, yeah. they, I think they've just got yeah. characters, not great footballers, but just characters that. Well, characters. You know, you know, you used to think characters will win you football games, just the togetherness yeah. and the camaraderie. Yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, yeah. like Watford's like a soap opera anyway, <laughs> with like a manager. Yeah. Obviously, they've had. They've had three managers this season. Obviously, they started with Javi Garcia, oh, yeah. but they got rid of him really, really quickly. And then it was Kike Sanchez Flores. That was, that was like, one win in ten games, which was absolutely awful. Um, and then they've got Nigel Pearson. So, you know, you wonder if they had had Nigel Pearson after they got rid of uh, Garcia, whether they might hero. actually be out of that. Yeah. I think one of the key things at the start of the season with them, they didn't have Dini for the first sort of 15 games, if I'm right. Um, yeah, he yeah. was injured, he had a be with an injured, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is critical for what for it is. And last one, the teams we'll talk about before we finish is uh, Brighton. Brighton drew last round against Wolves, you know. Um, interesting for this one, Andrew, with Brighton. How important is, is this for them to try to stay up again for the third consecutive season, but not try to feel a little bit lower? Because I think last year they finished 17th last season. And then, you know, they changed. They got Graham Potter for Swansea. And then he's like, well, he signed a big six-year contract extension, which was very surprising, you know, you know when he just signed that That's got decided, shades of Newcastle and Alan Pardew all over it. Mm. Um, I mean, we all, we all remember him absolutely, getting that big six-year deal. A bit like... Moyes getting a six-year deal at United. Um, I th- I, th- I think they'll pick up points. Um, I think last season the scare done them the world of good, um, and I just think they're yeah. good enough to get out of it. Absolutely. Well, the thing is, they've gone two hundred forty in this four How hours. What's going a Premier League goal? How worried is that? Four hours. 
Paul. So that's what, three and, and a half games. No, two yeah. and a half games. Yeah. Two and a half. Uh, two, two and, and a half, half games. games. That's not no, two yeah, worrying. two and a half games. If it's yeah. more sort of four or five games, you'd be worried. Yeah. They're going back in fresh like yeah. the rest of them. Does Graham Potter change something? Does he, you know, spring a surprise with a formation or tactics with what he's going to do? I, I, I think he will do in, in this situation. If you've got players like Mapai, I think if you play, Mapai will play up front. Has more plays that lays the ball off for him to, you know, as be as a be as a like a, a rigid, you know, second striker. Then and you might see, yeah, that could you've got David Proper there as well, who are great. I think it's quality. David Proper. Yeah. You got Lewis Dunk, Shane, and yeah, you got Lewis Dunk, Shane Duffy as well. Matt Ryan, you know, Ryan so. is the yeah, cracking oh, keeper. Yeah, cracking keeper. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, look, I think, I think Brighton will have learned from last season because um, they ended the season really, really badly. Um, but obviously, like they've got a really good, um, you know, attack with obviously Mope in there, Trossard, uh, you know, even Adam Moyes there now. So. I think Brighton will be okay. They can actually take take credit from the fact that um, Arsenal have never beaten them at the Amex, and I I expect that to continue. The that is and the thing is, they've got the sort of ace card coming off the bench of Glenn Murray. Yes. Or yeah. You know, yes. in a way, they could go sort of three five two and have Murray up there with um okay. Yeah. Yeah, Carl, I was going to ask you, uh, just before, obviously before we end, um, do you want to do some Premier League predictions and see how we we can basically come back to this uh, next week and see see how we do? Yeah, that will be a pleasure. I'll just get my predictions up and I'll tell you myself, actually, because I did. Put, I was one of the few that put them a lot earlier than I imagined. So. Yeah, you've left right, us okay, some time I'll, to I'll, do this then. Yeah, I have. I have to be fair. I have. <laughs> um, right. So I'll 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 read these games out, and then I'll I'll come I'll come to you, Carl, first, and then probably Andrew, and then obviously I'll change change it around as well. So, um, so obviously we've obviously got two games on the Wednesday, uh, because obviously of the um Carabao Cup final, um, so obviously these two games have been rescheduled, so they are the first games. So. First game, Carl, I will go to you first. Aston Villa, Sheffield United, what is your prediction for that game? I will say it's going to be an easy 2-0 win for Sheffield United. I just can't... Aston Villa's defence is still terrible. I don't know how they're going to improve, even though they might see how it goes after the first game, but I just don't see an easy game for Aston Villa. Okay, Andrew, 1-0. Ooh! Nice. Yeah. I've I've gone one one in that game. One one. So we've got Desmond. Des- um, we've got we've got one of each, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of us is going to be one of us yeah. is going to be right anyway. Uh, so we'll see. Um, I think this is pretty unanimous. <laughs> Manchester City Arsenal. I'm going to say three one Man City. Carl. See, see, because before I did this a few days ago. I really didn't think it was happening, but I, I originally put two on Arsenal, but I might change it now and put three one to Man City to quarter of you. So yeah, yeah, Andrew four no City. It's just the Arsenal thing to do. It's just the Arsenal yeah. thing to do, and I want, I want an EFTV yeah. meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I think I think we all do. Okay, so that takes care of match week twenty nine. So we go into match week thirty, and we've also got two games on the Friday night. A massive game at the bottom of the, of the table. We have North City against Southampton. Andrew, I'll come to you first for this. Um, I'm going to go two 0 Southampton. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to go against you, and I'm going to go two one Norwich. Carl? Okay. I'm going to go 2 1 Southampton. I think Southampton start this how they, where they've been. So I'll okay. continue. Um, that. Tottenham so, yeah. Hotspur against Manchester United. Josie versus Ole. Andrew, I will come to you first. Um, I'm going to go 2 0 United. I've said exactly the same, Carl. <laughs> 
I'm going. I am going to go with a right. one-one draw. Okay. So now we move into the Saturday yeah. games, and there's four Saturday games. We have Watford against Leicester City. Carl, your prediction for that one? Yeah, three-two uh, okay. to Leicester City. Well, funnily down. enough, I'm going to go against you again, Carl. I'm going to go two-one Watford. Andrew, I'm going to go two-nil Watford. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, Brighton against Arsenal. Obviously, the stat is that obviously Arsenal have never won at the Amex Stadium. Is that going to continue? Yes, I've put 2-1 Brighton. Carl, come to you. I'm going to go 3-1 to Brighton as well. I think Brighton have have been teams with the scoreline. I think they will continue that against one of the okay, top Andrew teams. Okay, Andrew, full and house, or are you going something yeah. different? I'm going to go a Desmond. A Desmond? Yeah, 2-2. Two, two. I think the run's going to continue that Arsenal aren't going to win, but I think they're going to, there's going to be a couple of angry people after Wednesday. Good point, good point. Um, West Ham against Wolves. This was a really, really tricky one to... Uh, Sky Sports main event, it's on, by the way. It's a live game. Yep. Um, I have gone for a 1-0 Wolves away win. Carl? 2 0 Wolves, Andrew? 2 0 Wolves. 2 0 Wolves. 2 0 Wolves, okay. Um, and we have a game on BBC Sports, ladies and gentlemen. We certainly do. It's Bournemouth against Crystal Palace. Carl, what do you think about this one? Uh, Crystal Palace is going is gonna to hold Bright, uh, Bournemouth that ball. 2 0 Palace. Palace. Andrew? Full House, 1 0 Palace. 1 0 Palace. Um, Newcastle United and Sheffield United meet on the first Sunday game uh, and this is the first meeting since the 4th of November 2006 where Sheffield United won 1-0 at St James's Park I have gone for exactly the same scoreline as the 4th of November 2006 I've gone for a 1-0 win to Sheffield United at St James's Park Andrew, what about you? 1-0 Newcastle Oh, Carl? I'm going to see some goals, two, two, so two, 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 draw. Interesting. Yeah. Aston Villa against Chelsea. Ooh, I've gone 2 1 Chelsea, but I would not be too surprised if Villa do spur a wee surprise result there, maybe even get a draw. But I, I will stick with my 2 1 Chelsea prediction. Andrew, come to you first for that one. Go to Carl. I need a minute. 3 0 Chelsea. You know what? 2-1 Villa. Oh, he's gone for it. Gone for he's the juggler. Gone for it. Oh, he's gone for it. He's yeah. gone for the juggler, indeed. Oh, this um... game, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> I know who's coming. Merseyside derby between Everton and Liverpool. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go first. I think it's not going to be a very good game. I think it's going to be very, very scrappy. I think it'll be very, very nervy. But I'm going to go for the boys to pull it out of the bag. 1-0 Liverpool, I'm going to say. Carl, what about you? 3-1 Liverpool, Andrew? 3-1 Liverpool. Uh, 1-0 you lot. Same as me. And finally, on Monday night, we have Manchester City against Burnley. Um, Carl, come to you first for that one. It'll be a one more draw. I think City will we'll struggle against Burnley. A good three oh, Andrew? 3 0 City. Routine home win. Yeah. Routine. I, I, I totally agree. I've gone 3 1 City. I've gone 3 1 City. So that's all 12 games predicted. We'll obviously, we'll obviously come back to this next week. I've obviously got a, a, a list of the uh, scores down uh, as well. And obviously, I'll, I'll listen back to this and obviously write down your. Your predictions. So yeah, we'll see see which one uh, comes out on top. Absolutely, uh, gentlemen. Thank you both very much. I know I was so busy because I'm being busy doing my work. This is my first day back at work. But thank you very much as well for for taking part. In this as usual. We'll hopefully see you guys always, next week as well. So. We're saying about doing uh, an SPL yes. one towards uh, the end of the week. We are going to do something about that. Yeah, we are going to do something about that later this week, hopefully. And so that'll be hopefully during the weekend and when I'm off. No worries. When I'm off next no, Monday. No. So, yeah. 
Right, Jennifer, thank you very much. And we we, we on Sam Radio as well, since we are sharing our podcast with Sam Radio. That is being back on our, on the slot, our usual slot at 3pm on the Wednesday. So have a listen to that. But thank you very much for listening. We'll hopefully see you again next